Welcome to a special episode of the Apple Insider Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. Kirsten runs a YouTube channel where she really looks at iPad productivity. She transitioned to it just a few years ago and has really grown the channel to a great audience. You know, she has videos with over a million views, over 100,000 subscribers. And so I want to talk to her about iPad. So Kirsten, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So I was watching some of your YouTube videos and it looked like you experimented with the iPad while you were in school studying chemistry. Did uh, Are you still doing anything in chemistry? What, what are you doing there? So I actually graduated with my degree in chemistry. I went to UNC, so go Heels. Awesome. Um, and yeah, I'm actually not doing anything with the chemistry degree. Uh, <laughs> funny enough, you know, with the pandemic and everything, I think that's happening more often now is sure. people are going in with an idea of what they want to do and then something happens along the way and end up doing something completely different. So it's kind of my story with uh, right. that. Yeah, kind of went full time with YouTube and K-Digital Studios. So. That's amazing. What were you hoping to do with the chemistry degree previously? So previously, I was looking into uh, med school. Oh, okay, very good. Kind of a, a long journey. Yeah. And I chose chemistry instead of biology, because I was like, Oh, I really like chemistry. And it was super difficult. But it was rewarding. And I'm happy I finished it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, congratulations. And yeah, I took a chemistry in high school. All I remember are moles. <laughs> I don't know what they are or what they do, but that's that's all I remember. <laughs> so so now you, you've become a full-time content creator. Like, this is your gig. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. And so in one of your videos, you talk about why your iPad is your main computer, and you talked about how you tested it in school. You were in school, and you did a lot of drawing and stuff. Things I like about your story is you bought the cheapest iPad you could. You know, a lot of times, the Apple Insider audience, I know me personally, were like, all right, well, I'm going to get the pro this and the pro that, right. and that's what I need for, for whatever. But, but talk to me about what made you decide to try the iPad and what did you discover after integrating it into your schooling? So funny enough, I was sitting in my biology lecture. I had over 400 students. There was this one student that I sat next to who had an iPad <laughs> and who was annotating their presentation slides for that biology lecture. And I was like, you know what? That's actually really smart. Like being a chemistry major, you're going to have pages and pages of mechanisms that you draw. out. And so I was like, okay, like I could really benefit from an iPad. But being a student, I was like, okay, I can't invest in the high-level iPads at the time. So what I did was I actually skipped lecture the next day and went over to Best Buy, bought the cheapest iPad, which was the iPad 6th generation at the time, and the Apple Pencil. And then I came home and I was like, life changed forever. So I started taking digital notes like that for um, my classes and lectures and kind of grew from there for the iPad. And I think a lot of people start that way as it they get the iPad for digital note taking or web consumption, something like that. And it ends up kind of snowballing into something more. And so what made you decide to start making videos on iPad productivity? Oh, okay. So for that, so I had my textbooks on my iPad at that time, which was really helpful. I had all my digital notes, but I didn't have my paper planner on the iPad. And so I really liked that kind of tactile feeling of writing out my to-do list, writing out my appointments and whatnot. And so I was like, how can I bring my paper planner to the iPad? And so I actually opened up Keynote, which is the Apple first party app for presentations, made something that looked like a planner, hyperlinked it all together. And then I spent like a full 24 hours to stay up all night creating it. And I was like, there's nothing on YouTube about digital planning on the iPad, how to create a digital planner. So I was like, okay, let me just pull out my iPhone and film me on the coffee table of my like 200 square foot college apartment to film how to make a digital planner. And I just ended up posting it. And I wasn't expecting kind of the feedback that I got at the time. That's amazing. And now, I mean, many videos later, over 100,000 YouTube subscribers and 
that's what you're focusing on. You're trying to help people use the iPad as their productivity machine. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. So now I don't imagine you're still using that sixth generation iPad. So what is your daily driver iPad now that you're working on? So my favorite iPad, the one that I use the most is actually the 12.9 inch M1 iPad Pro. It's my baby. I've tried out other iPad models. I've had the uh, privilege to try out other iPad models, but this one is still my go-to. I love the big screen, the second gen Apple Pencil. It's kind of a beast and I love it. Now, I talk a lot about the iPad mini because I I have the M1 12.9 inch. Love that. And I also really like the mini just because, as you probably know, that 12.9 inch gets heavy if you're not using it like on a desk. Right, right. That's another reason why I like the mini. Yeah, just kind of the opposite, really. Exactly. But I will say if someone's going to get one iPad, which I would be curious your recommendation, if someone's going to get one iPad today in 2022, well, one, I'd probably wait for the fall because there's probably new iPads coming. But if they were going to choose right. <laughs> one model, what would you recommend for people? I, I always end up recommending the Air. I think yeah, it's the sure. perfect middle ground for people. And yeah. yeah, I think the iPad Pro or the iPad Mini is kind of a more niche audience, but the Air is kind of that good middle ground. So being a content creator, you're making lots of videos. Are you also editing your videos on an iPad or do you jump over to your Mac for that? I do actually jump over to my Mac, but that's because I'm obsessed with Final Cut Pro and it yeah. hasn't come to the iPad yet. So if I wasn't so like into Final Cut, then I'd probably end up using Luma Fusion or something similar on the iPad. Yeah, I love Final Cut also. I use it for work and my own channel. Now, if you could get Final Cut on the iPad, would that be like your, your solo device? Would you go to your Mac for anything at that point? Honestly, I don't think so. I think the only thing keeping me on the Mac is Final Cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe Apple's listening. You never know. Maybe it'll finally come. <laughs> now, I'm curious. So iPad OS 16, the beta is out right now. It'll be available to everyone this fall. And Apple makes a big deal about multitasking seemingly every year. And every year we, we dive in there to see what's different. This year it's Stage Manager. And so I'm curious if you've played around with Stage Manager, especially obviously the M1 is the only one that can run it right now, M1 iPads. But what do you think about Stage Manager so far? I think it's funny that you bring up Apple always kind of focusing on multitasking on the iPad every year because I'm not a huge multitasker myself. I like to have like one screen, focus on one thing at a time. So, but I think it's interesting. Yeah. For stage manager, at least I I like how they're giving their consumers the option. So you can actually turn on stage manager. You can default to kind of the old multitasking version, but with stage manager, it definitely gives people more control over overlapping windows, choosing what's visible on their screen at the time. And I think a lot of people like the fact that they can resize the windows to how they want and have different groups of apps. So if you have a certain workflow, you can have those apps open automatically at the same time if you click on them. And I think they're listening to people who really like using their iPad kind of more like a computer because it kind of reminds me of the desktop setup on a Mac as far as the windows. Sure. So, Do you use external monitors with your iPads at all? Nope. I'm kind of a sole iPad uh, yeah. user, iPad creator. Yeah, it's the same for me. And, and that's why, I mean, the multitasking, I don't typically jump in there very much. I mean, stage manager, I'm probably not going to use it. I would do split screen at times. What I'm really hoping for is some more of that uh, power features in the background. I talk about it all the time. Are there any power features that you were hoping to see maybe at WWDC or any features that you hope Apple adds in the near future that helps your workflows? Honestly, that's a good question because I started out with like the cheapest iPad at the time. And every time I try out a new iPad, I'm like, oh, they have stuff that I didn't realize I needed or would use. But honestly, there's nothing like super... 
like the top of my list, like I need this on the iPad, just because I think the iPad is already so versatile. And I haven't really run into restrictions with my workflows. I mean, minus Final Cut. So if anything, probably that but they did add a lot of new iMovie features that are really interesting as far as Mm -hmm. their storyboard features and stuff. So that's kind of a cool addition and that they're at least thinking about more of those kind of nice little features that just make Apple work like Apple works. Do you use it with the Magic Keyboard or no? The iPad? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times um, on iPad, I'm mostly an Apple Pencil user because I really like that tactile feeling. It's kind of the main reason why I got the iPad. But whenever I do feel like kind of going for a more computer style approach, I will use the Magic Keyboard. Yeah. Is there anything that you're hoping for from a third generation Apple Pencil? Because that's one of the accessories we've had probably the longest, you know, it came out with the 2018 iPad Pro. So we're going on four, five years now with Apple Pencil second generation, anything you'd hope for an updated version there? Right. I honestly don't see how they could update it anymore from because the first generation was a huge jump. And then going next for the Apple Pencil, I I don't know how they could make that any better because it works for me. Maybe if they released their own accessories for like pencil grips or pencil cases. Sure. uh, Because I do use those on my Apple Pencil. But as far as like the actual features within the Apple Pencil, I think it's phenomenal. I've actually turned off one of the features on the Apple Pencil, the double tap to switch tool or erase. Yes. Because I would accidentally hit that. So I think any other features they add might honestly be overkill for me at least. Yeah, maybe flip it around and let the eraser be an eraser. That'd be nice. But (laughs) but, Have a full full pencil experience. Yeah, exactly. I have one time I did find that the, the tip, sometimes it'll come unscrewed just a little bit. And I'll wonder if my Apple Pencil is now broken and it's just, has that ever happened to you where the, the tip just gets a little loose? Yeah, sometimes I'll just be writing and it kind of just has a little seizure or something. And I'm like, okay, right. it's the tip. Let me yeah. stop and tighten it. <laughs> change, change that out. Is there anything you're hoping then for in another iPad model? I mean, the M1 12.9 inch iPad Pro is great. Um, are you hoping for mini LED in the 11 inch or any other features? like an SD card slot, although that will never, ever happen. But anything that you might be hoping for in the next iPad model? Honestly, I am super easy to please. If Apple is like, okay, we're going to come out with iPad Pro 2 or something and be like, okay, I'm sold. And it could be the exact same, just a different color. Like I'm just so easy to please. Like the M1 iPad Pro as it is now is perfect for me. Maybe if they had more color options or something. Right. But yeah, I love the the iPad the way it is. I, I will say though, that if they decided that they wanted to go super pro level and make it even bigger, I would not be opposed to that. That was going to be my next question. Or like a iPad Pro Studio. I would love that. This special episode is brought to you by our friends at Text Expander. Listen, we've all had those days where nothing's just going right, our brains aren't working, and the last thing we want to do is answer that same customer service question for the hundredth time while still sounding friendly and personable. But what if you can automate all of those communications and do things like type your address in in just a few seconds or your email address knowing never making a typo ever? Well, that's what Text Expander is for. With Text Expander, you can expand all kinds of text with just a few keystrokes and you can communicate better even on your worst days. Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations streamline your work. So all you have to do is type a short abbreviation and Text Expander does the rest for you. It's great to make customer support, sales, recruiting, engineering, and operations faster. And honestly, I do just use it for my email address. I just do semicolon EM. It expands into my email address. This way I know I never have a typo when I see that expand because it's the same every time. Build some snippets with your commonly used emails, phrases, messaging, or maybe a URL. Maybe you want to share your podcast, YouTube channel, or your website. We'll make that into a text expander snippet like 
semicolon em. I do a semicolon for all my snippets, so I just know that's how they start. You can even do things like today's date, fill in the blank fields, and automate things like timestamps. Those can be included automatically in a snippet, and then the text expander snippet can actually place the cursor where you want it after it expands. And then when you do the little keystroke, it'll expand in any text box anywhere. I've been using Text Expander for years and years. You can get it on Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. You can actually use the Text Expander keyboard on your mobile devices. And some apps actually integrate your Text Expander shortcuts. I use the Bear Notes app, and it can pull in all your Text Expander snippets. It expands those snippets automatically, even if you're just using the stock keyboard. It's that easy. So check out Text Expander and have a customer facing happy face no matter of your mood. Apple Insider listeners get 20% off their first year when you visit textexpander.com slash Apple Insider. So go to textexpander.com slash Apple Insider, get 20% off your first year. That link is also in the show notes. Our thanks to Text Expander for sponsoring this episode. Okay, yeah, because there were rumors supposedly that maybe a 15-inch or larger iPad might come down the road. So you would totally jump on whatever larger size they launch. Yeah, I totally okay. would love that. I, I'm Lately, I've been loving the bigger screens. So iPhone Pro Max, yeah, yeah. the 16-inch MacBook. I've been loving bigger screens lately. So I totally jump on that for iPad. Do you have the 2021 Pro, the new body style and everything? Yep. Oh, nice. You get M1 Pro, M1 Max. I got the Pro, yeah. I have the 14-inch M1 Pro, and I totally love it. Curious, so you got a great MacBook Pro there, you know, uh, your iPad Pro. But aside from Final Cut, is there anything that draws you back to the Mac? I know once I got the remodeled MacBook Pro, I wanted to use it more because the screen was so good, you know, the ProMotion on this larger screen, so fast. It actually has an SD card slot. It's amazing. Right. Uh, I mean, what did anything draw you to the MacBook now? Uh, yeah, it's really just Final Cut Pro. And then the fact that a lot of the Adobe suites kind of like the light version on the iPad. So there's right. a few features there that are missing on iPad, but that's not necessarily because of iPad, but Adobe and possibly the restrictions there with memory and RAM. But that's that's really it. Yeah. And I've just been loving the bigger screen. So I was like, oh, I'll just opt for the 16 and I'll yeah, yeah. hold on to this MacBook for a while. For sure. To your iPad productivity, got lots of videos on, on apps that you use and recommend and also shortcuts. So I wanted to hit that first. Are there any shortcuts that uh, you find really useful? So shortcuts is still kind of un, like untapped potential for me on the iPad. A lot of the shortcuts that I use on the iPad are to operate kind of the smart home that we've moved into. So we actually have like sure. Alexa's installed in the ceiling and our TVs and Philips mm. Hue. So I've actually been using the iPad a lot, kind of like a home hub. Sure. So, uh, so when you say smart home, I mean, we have a show on the Apple Insider Network called HomeKit Insider. So it sounds like you did not go HomeKit with the smart home. Is that right? Yeah, did not go HomeKit <laughs> when all like manual all shortcuts. Right. It's, it's nice being able to not have to go into a specific app like Philips Hue or something like that to sure. turn off and on lights. I can just add the shortcuts directly to the home screen of my iPad or see the cameras from the iPad. Tap start sure. Roomba or something to start the Roomba. Yeah, robot vacuums are not in HomeKit just yet. So I feel you there. <laughs> All right. So when it comes to, to note taking, obviously, that's kind of how you got into it, taking handwritten notes and that. What apps do you recommend for people who they're get, they just got an iPad or they're looking to get one and they want to use it for note taking? Maybe it's students starting school this next school year in a, in a month or so. What do you recommend for them? There are so many great note-taking apps on the iPad. Like every year, there's always a new note-taking app to try. I first started out with GoodNotes, so that's what I'm used to, and that's what I stuck to uh, throughout the years. Sure. But now there's a lot of great free note-taking apps to try. 
Colonote is a great one because it has so many features and the developer is very responsive to feedback and really kind, always adding features and that's free. And then there's obviously Notability, I think kind of the top note-taking app that people think of whenever they think of digital note-taking. There's also Noteful, which is a new note-taking app that has a lot of great features. There's just so many. You could just type in notes in the app store, download any of them, and almost guaranteed that you'll like them or like the features that they offer. Well, one of the other kinds of apps that's really big now is kind of database slash mood boarding, mind node type apps. And I think you have a video on Millanote. Uh, is that kind of your go-to for, for planning like that? And do you have other, are you a Notion person as well or any other tools there? <laughs> yeah, I use a combination of a lot of tools, kind of just depending on my mood and what the project is. So for Milanote, I've been using that a lot for the home renovations. So I can access that from my iPad and have kind of links of things that I might want to buy or pictures of whatever plans or projects that we want to do. And then I can write out my to-do list through Milanote. And I really like it because it's super visual. And obviously, I'm a really visual person with the Apple Pencil. So having Milanote for that. Notion is kind of my project management where I organize and plan out and script all of my videos for YouTube and my products for my digital shop. So kind of use that for project management and Milanote's kind of the visual behind those projects. Gotcha. And so Notion is also, is do you treat that as your task list or do you have another app like Things or do you just use rem- reminders? So I do use Notion for some of my tasks list, but what I use mostly for tasks and to-dos is actually kind of manually writing that down using my digital planner on the iPad. Sure. Using the GoodNotes apps, like having control over what pen colors I use or what images and being able to write that all out kind of old fashioned, but not old fashioned because it's iPad and Apple Pencil. <laughs> so what is it? I mean, so one of the things I use things for some things and to do's and I use reminders also. And you know, the biggest benefit is actually getting that notification reminder of letting me know it's time to do that thing. Right. So do you not really operate that way? Do you not like get reminded by your notifications at all? I only use like I use like Apple Calendar or Google Calendar for like important things where it's like, okay, your mortgage is due, like you better pay it, girl. Sure, sure. Like have the notification. But for things like meetings or just something where I'm not super concerned, I guess, I just write it down in my digital planner. Something I look at every day. So Sure. Just check it, pull it up. For sure. Do you utilize focus modes at all as you're creating video planning, any of that? Yeah, focus modes was huge for iOS 6 or iOS 15. It was kind yep. of the star of the show. And so um, I do have focus modes for driving. I have it for workouts. So it only shows like the page with all the fitness stuff, Apple Fitness. And then um, I have one for work mode. So it only shows kind of the apps that I use for my work clothes for YouTube or when I create digital products. So those are kind of the main focuses that I use or foci. <laughs> <laughs> I think English grammar, I think you can go either way. But so you, you mentioned Apple Fitness Plus. Are you kind of all in on that? Is that your main like exercise routines, Fitness Plus? Yeah, I, I, I dabble in it a little bit. Yeah, I, I went sure. full in with kind of the full year. So kind of sticking <laughs> it out for now. And it integrates with Apple Watch, which is great. So Right. Being able to use that. And then I can use my iPad as my screen. I actually would bring the iPad mini. I use the iPad mini and kind of propped it up on the workout machines or stuff. And it worked out really well. Yeah, it's it's good for that portable entertainment kind of thing. All right. So you're running the beta on how many devices? I'm curious. I actually only have it on the iPad Air right now. Okay. So you're not running the beta on your like your main iPhone or anything. No, no. (laughs) Okay. No, no, no. (laughs) No main devices. (laughs) Yeah, I was tempted only because I use a lot of focus modes 
But the focus filters, which will allow you to turn on or off certain email accounts. Right. And apps will be able to plug into that too. That that almost tempted me to do it. And the custom lock screens. I was close with that public beta that just came out. Were you not tempted by any of those features? Oh, I, I did actually download um, iOS 16 on my old iPhone 11. Oh, okay, I did download okay. it on there, yeah, in the iPad Air. I kind of messed around with it a little bit, but I feel like I'm just so... Like, I love Apple's design, and so kind of the traditional lock screen I was completely fine with. So I'm <laughs> not sure I'm going to go all into the customization. So I'm, I'm easy to for please, sure. Apple, so if you're for listening. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is good for maybe our audience to hear, because a lot of times when you're in, like, the, the super... I would say techie world. I don't know if nerdy is a good word, but you know, we're always really critiquing like what's the cutting edge, what is next and all that. And, and I'm sure there are many users out there doing great work, like doing creative work, doing video production. Right. And like the current products are great and, and many people love them. So it's, it's probably good to hear. Okay. Well, let's do Let's do a little lightning round. Do you listen to podcasts? First of all, no, I actually no, don't. You don't listen to- <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, hopefully this will be the first, uh, cause you're actually on it. Right. Okay. Right. Well, the first question was going to be, what speed do you listen to podcasts? But maybe I can ask you, what speed do you watch YouTube videos in? I actually everything listen 1X? to everything at 1x. Okay, okay. I, I know that's probably weird for people now because I know if people are going 2x speed and whatnot, but sticking with 1x here. I, I'm, I'm a big 1x listener to podcasts, for sure. <laughs> uh, some, some tutorial videos on YouTube, I'll do 2x just because, you know, they, they can get pretty long. But anyway. Right. So when you're using your Mac... Is it a mouse or a trackpad? It's a trackpad. It's a trackpad. And when using the trackpad, are you a natural scrolling or unnatural scrolling? Natural scrolling. <laughs> okay, natural scrolling. Very good. <laughs> and what's your... Uh, now, I saw in one of your videos, it looked like you were using Chrome on your iPad. Do you st- what what web browser do you use on your iPad and on your Mac? I, I use Safari on my iPad and I use Chrome on my Mac. Okay, now, now wait a minute. Why? Now, I understand Safari on the Mac, you know, there's a lot of websites that, especially with Safari's like privacy and like JavaScript blockers, like sometimes certain websites just don't function properly. And I'll jump over to Brave sometimes, but but why why the distinction? So I don't know if it's just that I got kind of stuck in my old ways here, but I've always used Chrome on computers. Um, so before I like sure. switched over to Apple and Mac, I was using Chrome. So I kind of just mm. naturally kept using Chrome over on my Mac. But with sure. my iPad, Chrome isn't automatically there, you know, so I can just use Safari. I downloaded Chrome on my Mac because I was used to it on the other computers, but I hadn't used gotcha. the tablets before. Sure, so sure, when sure. I had the iPad, I just automatically went to Safari. And I just feel like Safari works a lot better on iPad than Chrome. I'm not sure what it is with Chrome on iPad, but yeah. Safari is key. <laughs> yeah. And on iPad and iPhone, our listeners might not know this either. Apple doesn't allow other uh, website, web browser engines to actually run on iPhone and iPad. So when you download the Chrome browser, it's actually just using WebKit, which is Safari's rendering engine. So you're really just getting like a Chrome skin and like your Chrome bookmarks will sync, but that's about it. So right. on the Mac, it's actually a, a, a different engine, you know, uses the Chromium engine. So just just a little uh, a tease there. But I would recommend if, if you try tab groups, uh, do you use tab right. groups on the iPad at all? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Tab groups is pretty sweet because it syncs to your Mac. So just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> it's, uh, you should try it. It's pretty cool. Um, but okay, now on your Mac, where's your dock? What position? And do you auto hide? Uh, it's at the bottom and I don't auto hide. Okay. Bottom center. The tradition, Do you have the uh, magnification effect on the dock icons? Nope. Okay. Okay. And scale or genie effect? Genie effect. 
Genie, okay, okay. These are very important questions. <laughs> I ask everyone. Everyone's very different about this, especially people who use external monitors and such. So, Right, very particular <laughs> about which features in the interface that you use, yeah. Exactly. Kirsten, it's been a pleasure having you. Everyone needs to go to K Digital Studio on YouTube. You should subscribe to your YouTube channel. Great uh, productivity for iPad and, and a bunch of stuff. And then also your website. Tell us what would people find there. So on my website, you can find pretty much anything or everything that you want to know about iPad creativity and digital planning. If you want to dive a little bit into digital planning or digital creativity, I do have tons of freebies on there for digital planners and Procreate brushes and digital stickers so you can kind of dip your toes in without having to kind of invest or put your money up front before uh, heading over into the shop where you can also find kind of more premium versions of the digital planners and products that I create. But I'm chronically online, so you could probably find me anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> chronically online. That's a good that's a good way to put it. Uh, well, Kirsten, thanks so much for coming on the show. Our listeners can find links to uh, your YouTube channel and your website in the show notes. Uh, and of course, we'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, Kirsten's also on Twitter. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Thanks again for joining us. Awesome. Thanks for having me. 